Hello everybody, this is Miriam Thiel-Alberts and I'm your host for this radio show and for this episode of Animal Wisdom Stories. And today I have the lovely Sarah Billison with me here for an interview coming up. And I would like to thank Paul Luftenegger for the lovely music. And you can find his music on Prime or YouTube and go check this out. And um, now I would like to introduce Sarah Willison, an equine-facilitated therapist, animal communicator, and author. She lives in North Texas with her herd of horses. And uh, it's really, really nice to have you here, Sarah, um, on the show. Hello and welcome. Hi, Miriam. Thank you so much for inviting me to join this space. I'm so excited to be here. And I know my horses are too. That is so nice. Bring the horses in. How many yes. horses do you have? Four. Four. Okay. So that's those four horses are your healing herd or your herd that you're working with. Yes. Yes. And how did they come to you? Did they come to you through different ways or did you buy them or did you buy them for therapeutic reasons? I mean, to, to work with you? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, the four of them have come to me in a variety of ways. Um, I would say kind of the initial piece around them was that whatever their living situation was, whether they were in a rescue in that moment or somewhere else and just needed <clears throat> a life change, they needed a new home. Mm -hmm. And when I heard about them or met them, um, I just knew that they were right to join our herd and that they had some amazing gifts to share in, in a healing setting with people. That is, I mean, I had one, my horse came to me and I knew he was right. But um, I think it's always interesting and it, it's amazing how, how the, the animals <coughs> that we're supposed to be working with come and join us or, you know, kind of um, choose us. So, yes. um, yeah. And would you like to add anything to my, to the introduction? Because I know that you do um, different things. You do horse guided wisdom sessions, you do events, you do events around sort of healing and nature and creativity. Yes. Um, it's, it's, um, it's really challenging for me to put like labels and titles to what it is that we are doing. And I say we just because to me, this is a partnership with the herd that I live and work with. Um, but more and more, I, I see them especially more interested in working with people from more of a, a spiritual nature and connection um, versus kind of what we think of in typical psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, it, because I see them really wanting to help people step into, and this is a phrase that they use over and over, the heart of who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that they really enjoy doing that is sometimes through guided meditation. Mm -hmm. It is through connecting with a human very, very deeply. Um, and then my role in that is to be able to hear what the horses are saying and, and help that human hear that if the message is not 100% clear. And, you know, we always partner with nature. At the same time, we live mm -hmm. on, to me, it, what is a very beautiful um, small amount of land in, we're about an hour north of Dallas in Texas. 
and we're surrounded by the woods and there's a lake behind us. And so all the elements of nature are always partnering with us. Mm -hmm. And I love to bring that in because to me, that's part of who horses are. They are very aligned and connected with nature and the earth and the seasons and, and everything that's moving around us. How do you incorporate the nature into, into your sessions? Is it through the horses or is it something else that you bring in? Well, because when people come to work with us in person, um, you know, they have to come to our ranch. Mm -hmm. So it's a very peaceful, quiet setting. And so, you know, the second they step into the pasture, you know, their feet are on the earth and mm -hmm. um, there are trees around and there are birds that are interacting with us in the sun and the wind is absolutely a part of what we're doing or whatever the weather is that day. Um, if there are any other beings that are cruising around in the woods, maybe that show themselves and partner with us in that way, because that's, that's a part of nature, right? That we are all mm -hmm. listening and connected just in that realm. And um, to me, I, I find it to be a beautiful gift, especially for people who live in the city mm -hmm. and don't have the opportunity to be in that open, quiet space anymore. I think that's something um, that as a society we've lost. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's important because it reminds us um, to slow down mm -hmm. and to use all the senses that we have. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what horses are reminding us too, that we have all these amazing gifts and you know, technology and the have-tos and the timelines and all that stuff that can block us mm -hmm. from being aligned with those gifts of who we are so to me that is part of how stepping back into that quiet nature-based setting really helps us reconnect with ourselves. yeah i agree i agree completely um and i've experienced as well in um i was giving a um a workshop in denmark um with my co-facilitator and we did a workshop with writing in nature, writing mm -hmm. horses in nature. And uh, I found that bringing nature into these events and, and workshops or going into nature, connecting with nature, is, um, is sort of bringing you back to that core, to that place you are or you're supposed to be or you used to be, you know? Yes. And yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, it's a I, powerful source of creativity. I love that you do that. And I would love <laughs> to come to one of yours in the future, if possible. Yes, that would be lovely. Mm -hmm. um, so I have channeled a message from uh, your, your horse, Macno. Hmm. Macno um, used to live in Texas with you, I suppose? Yes. Okay. He, he died in September. So he was with me for 18 years. He's oh, okay absolutely um a huge life partner for me and it's it's still really hard not having him here physically even though i know he's around spiritually so i connected with magno and mm -hmm. i asked him what he would like to share and uh this is what he said magno said this is really wonderful the voices of the horses gets heard together we can carry the wisdom of the animals into the world and light up people's souls I would like to encourage everybody to open their heart to the wisdom of animals. We are here with you and would like to share our wisdom with you. 
my message for you for 2019 is to be kind to yourself. Hmm. If you're kind to yourself, you can be kind to others. And if you're kind to others, you spread kindness all around you. If everybody joined in, we would soon have a world filled with kindness. I would like to thank Magno for this. Um, mm -hmm. It's sort of his message really resonated with me and reminded me of what we can do when we're being kind to ourselves and to other people. Um, because today I came back from shopping and somebody was parking in our private parking space in front of the house. <laughs> and I just got so angry. <laughs> and so this message reminded me that, okay, I don't have to get angry and uh, it's okay. It's, it's even, you know, difficult situations can be met with kindness. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> even though it's challenging sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that is so him too. Um, his role in our herd was the, um, was protector okay. and um, a, a huge guardian. He's a massive he, uh, being. He's part draft horse and part Andalusian. And he was 17 hands tall. And just, just when, when I think of an image of kind of those fairy tale steeds that knights rode, he is that image. I mean, he had, has this massive, powerful neck. He's this deep um, mahogany color. And just the kindness in his eyes is always something that he showed. And um, the big messages that he always loved to share with people were number one, you have to be grounded and you mm -hmm. have to be present. And then he helped people feel protected and safe and find that courage in themselves again. So mm -hmm. he really was a, um, a heart in our herd for sure. That sounds lovely. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really happy that, uh, he, he joined us today and he, he brought this little message <laughs> forward. So uh, Me too. thank for you for us, sharing it. For us yes. and for everybody else who's listening. Yes. Um, how did you start your work with, your, with the horses and with your herd? How, how did you start in that line of work or in that, mm -hmm. that area? Yeah, so um, I think I have to go back to childhood just a little bit to kind of explain how all this started and I'll try to be brief, but <laughs> um, I was introduced to horses by my grandfather as a young child. And um, after that, it was just, you know, everything about horses was appealing to me. And, you know, I, if I could go to a summer camp that involved horses, I wanted to do that or just take riding lessons. Um, and then eventually I was able to have my own horse and I was 14 at the time when this horse came into my life and his name was Pooh, like Winnie the Pooh. Um, and, you know, as an individual, I am absolutely an introvert and very shy by nature. And, you know, being a preteen and teenager, the idea of talking about your feelings or even sharing what was going on internally, which is not something I could ever do with anyone. And whenever I was with Pooh, I could see that he, um, it was like he had x-ray vision and, and I could feel him and I could also see this happening too when I was interacting with him, that he could see everything that I was thinking and feeling 
or that it happened for me. And I didn't have to talk about it with him. And he always just took it away and made it better. Mm-hmm. So at a very young age, I knew that there was something going on um, in my relationship with this horse and something that was very healing. And you know, at that point in time, developmentally, I certainly didn't have words to put with that. But I did know that I had an amazing special bond with this horse. Um, and you know, I, it was just like, I understood what he was saying and thinking and doing. And, um, I looked around and that was not something I could share with the other people around me because I could see they did not kind of have a similar belief system and they already thought I was kind of weird. So that was not extra ammunition I was going to give them about me. So I just went through, you know, my teen and, um, twenties knowing that, Pooh and I just had a very, very special relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was best friend, therapist, a parent at times for me, for sure. Um, and a guide in my life. And kind of fast forward in my life, I was, um, I think, yeah, it was just after I had turned 30 and I'd gone through a life transition. I'd gotten divorced and I was really found myself just kind of doing a lot of soul searching about, okay, what, what do I do next? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad <laughs> synchronistically gave me a book for Christmas that year. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I know he probably just saw the horse on the cover of it and figured I would love that book. And it truly changed my life. So this book was the Tao of Equus by Linda Kahanov. And it was the first book that she wrote. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading this book, I was bawling, crying, um, because she was putting words to every experience I had with Pooh mm-hmm. when I was growing up. And it just was huge validation to me of, I am not insane, that mm-hmm. there really is something very spiritual and healing and magical and, and profound happening when we partner with mm-hmm. a horse. And she also uh, wrote about the healing program that she had developed between her horses and people. And so that was this huge aha moment for me of, I can create a job <laughs> out of my passion for horses and my love of supporting in their healing process. And it just was monumental to me because at the time I, um, I was a therapist and I was working toward getting my private practice license. Um, I was working in agencies at the time and I would go to see my horses at the end of the day. So I had Pooh and Magno at that time. Mm-hmm. So they were like still, you know, my outlet and my safe place after a long day of work. And so I went to Linda's website and pretty shortly after that, she offered an apprenticeship program mm-hmm. and I signed up for that and I was accepted. And um, there was just, there was so much synchronicity and ease in me being able to do that program. And I knew, so I just knew it was very guided in what I was supposed to be doing next. So I finished her training program in 2003 um, and then created my private practice of horses, heart and soul. So we've been doing this since then. And that's, that was kind of my base in training for doing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And how do you, how do you work with people? You sort of bring people to the horses and then you do some exercises or how do you, how do you work with them? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, you know, part of Linda's training program is um, very somatically based. And mm-hmm. so it's really teaching people to connect with their body, mind, and spirit um, in a very tangible way. So when people come, 
you know, the first thing I'm doing is um, helping them step into that deeper connection space. And then I like to take it a step further um, in really helping them connect deeply into the earth as well as connecting into their own source of wisdom um, through their spirit or whatever their belief systems are. And then as we step into the pasture and say hi to all the horses, um, and this happens more and more now, um, one of the horses will make it very clear that they are the one that is supposed to be partnering with mm -hmm. that human in mm -hmm. the day. And so depending on who that horse is, um, that would depend on what we do. Because, and so sometimes that looks like just hanging out in the pasture with them and connecting deeply with yourself and doing more reflective work. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it is <clears throat> partnering with them in some sort of activity-based, um, I don't even know the word I want to put with that. <laughs> it may be, you know, brushing them and, you know, mm -hmm. just connecting more deeply with yourself. Um, a couple of my horses really like to do more focused things like um, helping someone walk through an obstacle course and, mm -hmm. you know, or just... Um, learning how to partner with them because to me what what I see them doing is they're showing you how to create a relationship with yourself again first mm -hmm. and foremost and to do that we have to be in our body we mm -hmm. have to be connected mm -hmm. and we have to be listening to ourselves from the neck down um, mm -hmm. I a lot of what I do with people is helping them understand that their head always is not the best one to run the show right? That we mm -hmm. also have a physical self, we have an emotional self, and we have a spiritual self that are very important guides for ourselves in the world today. And that's, to me, what horses are doing as well, is helping us get reconnected with that. Mm. You know, I know that you do horse-guided wisdom sessions as well, where you pair, um, I don't know if you can call it a client or, you know, a, somebody mm -hmm. seeking wisdom, um, with the with the horses, and you channel the messages from the horses, what the horses would like to share. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? How did that start? I mean, when you when you say when you talk about your equine facilitated uh, therapy uh, or therapist being, um, when did that start? That you incorporate the messages from the from the horses into your um, sessions. Mm -hmm. It's sort of been a progression, and I have mm -hmm. to say that that particular offering that that I have right now is a newer offering, um, and it really comes from over the past year, I've been looking at um, kind of more of an expansive space to offer uh, healing for mm -hmm. humans um, mm -hmm. who are open to partnering with horses and the wisdom that they have to share, and last summer, I... No, I'm sorry. Two, oh, goodness, it was two summers ago now. I did sort of um, like a pilot program that I called Summer School with the Herd. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a wonderful group of attendees. And if you are listening, I so appreciate you being my guinea pig that summer and being a part of this program. But we did kind of an online virtual group. And I, um, so each participant got two individual sessions online with me and the horses. And then we also did a monthly group. And so in that it was the horses sharing and in, in my channeling to, mm -hmm. to that word, 
what they were seeing and wanted that participant to know about their process and what was going on. And then in group, we also had kind of that bigger realm of what was the group dynamic and what did they need and what were the horses showing. And what was really cool to me, Miriam, was, you know, I did it on Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. And so the horses were right behind me right behind my laptop and they completely interacted in this and i really saw them step into a space of much more joy about working from this perspective so that is something um that i loved because i think it then allows people from all over right Mm -hmm. to join us and connect with us and you do not because it's expensive to travel right and not everyone has time to do that and if so why not take advantage of the gifts of technology right now and we can still connect in this way. Um, and my these horses still love to show up and go, hey, I'm right here. I have something to say. <laughs> and it was so much fun. So yes, um, I decided to start offering an, indivi- an individual session for people to do that, that you know, we connect online, um, that there is video, that um, I'm asking um, one of the horses or maybe it's the entire herd that has something that they want to show this particular person, or maybe that person had a specific question they want to ask and that we are stepping out of a psychotherapy realm and more into this coaching kind of life transformational space for people who are ready to receive that information and take some action steps with it. What do you think is the difference between receiving the message from an animal and receiving a message from a therapist. Because I think actually how people react to that sometimes um, is different. Because maybe I, I, I explain a little bit more. If I would tell somebody, like a friend, if, if a friend had a problem, and I would tell this friend, oh, you need to do this or that, I find that they react differently to when I channel a message from an animal and the animal might you know, say or share something similar. But when this message comes from an animal, it kind of, um, there's no bound, you know, there's, I, I didn't find that people would put their kind of guard up or, you know, the, yes. the shutters down. So this, this, yes. is my, this is my experience. Do you find yes. that as well? I, I do. Um, I think it's less threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there, there are all these kind of stories and beliefs and structures that are associated with like therapy, right? Right. Um, and even in that realm of, you know, working together with, between a client and therapist, there are certain boundaries and ethics that are very important mm-hmm. to have in that space. And I absolutely respect that. And at the same time, it's about the client kind of coming to conclusions and digging deeper in their timing and when they're ready to do that. So it's, it's a very unique and different process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this other space to me, opens the door to a more expansive look at yourself. I also believe that um, people are ready to really hear and see and know, and that's a very different space of being to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, animals, you know, they, they're here to share with us and they have no agenda and there's not kind of a, a power structure involved in that. It's just, you know, like Magna was talking about before, it's just this 
this kindness piece and this just this piece from the heart and um it's them you know saying okay here's what i see here it is i want to gift this to you you know that it, it, it so maybe that's the right word too that it's a yeah. gift and probably people that come to such an event or that book, a horse guided wisdom session, um, they're open to that possibility to get this sort of sometimes very down to the point, very frank message from an animal. Yes. Um, I find that messages from animals are, there is no um, sugar coating it. I've never heard an animal say something harsh but they don't, um, it's not that they, they thinking, should I be saying this or should not I be, you know, it's right. sort of, they say it and yes. it comes from a higher, higher place, I think. Yes, because, you know, they are blessed <clears throat> not to have that mental construct piece right. that can get in the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, no, I think it's very interesting and it's, it's, it amazes me sometimes that not more people kind of do this or that this is actually just starting that people realizing um that you know animals have this profound wisdom yeah. uh, and they're so ready to share that with us and they they want to support us they want to be with us mm -hmm. and you know when when we look at how we've been living with the animals in the last hundred years or you know hundreds of years um it's a lot of times it wasn't really a uh living together it was sort of you live on that side and i live here and we're just starting to learn to live together to be together with yeah, them again to live together again right yes, because yeah. remember thousands millions of years ago we did yeah yeah. And that's something that the horses show me all the time is, you know, it is time to get back to that place of living together. And so I think, you know, to what you were just saying, also what comes out for me is people have to be ready mm -hmm. to receive this. And not everyone is. That's true. But it's also nice to talk about it. Yes. So that, that we can kind of, you know, bring this out and it's not, it's not a secret and it's not a secret anymore. It's, it's there and it's real. Yes. So, um, how and just say yes. <laughs> just say yes. <laughs> yes. I want to receive. Yes. Um, so, you know, with you channeling the messages from, from your horses, do you find that it, it has changed your life as well? Yes. So, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm being reminded by them that I don't always listen. <laughs> right? Um, this is funny. So they, they tend to kind of get in my face and remind me over and over <laughs> of, what, of what they're wanting me to do. Um, right? But I'm only human, so I have to respect that about myself. Uh, yes, it, it has allowed me to um, feel way more deeply um to know way more deeply and um sometimes i have trouble finding words to put with this it allows me to go i guess to um a more spiritual level with myself mm -hmm. and be able to see and experience 
all the connections that are there, maybe that my eyes don't necessarily see in this human body, but I know. You know what? It's, I always struggle with putting words to this, actually. Um, and wh while you were talking, I was kind of thinking, why is it difficult for me to put words when I talk about this animal wisdom messages? And I think it's because I experience it with my body. It's, there's no logic involved. And then when I talk about it, I try to put logic onto it. So I, I try to find the words that make sense mm -hmm. um, for something that might sometimes not make sense, you know, might be sort of, sometimes I feel like um, this is amazing. This is wonderful, but it's also kind of weird. You know, it's also kind mm -hmm. of it's strange. <laughs> yes. So, so. <laughs> And then you try to, to explain this and you try to explain this to somebody and go like, okay, so this all makes sense. So um, I was just, you know, I just wanted to say, I have the same, you know, problem mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. when talking yes. about it. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's also, it's also because it is so difficult to find, um, to really explain what is happening, um, that it hasn't been sort of, covered in in some sort of research you know because it's very it's very personal based you know people experience it in in slightly different ways you know the healing of of animals the healing of horses the communicating uh with horses and also receiving the messages or you know communicating with 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 your horse so um yeah, yeah. and um you bring up a really powerful aspect of this that <clears throat> especially like in in scientific circles you know they and i respect this you know that they want to have evidence-based practice to be able to say this is why this is happening and yeah. here are the benefits of it and to me i really do not believe that science is um caught up to what is actually happening Mm -hmm. when we partner with animals. I, I think it's starting to. I think there are a couple of theories um, and some psychologists and um, other professionals out there that are right there on, mm -hmm. on the edge of being able to measure and quantify this, but um, it's, it's not there yet. I mean, and that's just my perspective on that. But, and it may not, it, but you know, it's not, it's not in that realm. No, and mm -hmm. you know, maybe it doesn't have to be there. Yeah. It's just, I think we've, we're so used to um, trying to explain things that we kind of expect to be able to explain everything. And, right. you know, moving to the just feeling and experiencing something is, is new. It's new for yeah. me, and I think it's new for, for other people as well. So, um, yeah, and just allowing it. Yeah. to be because it is it is yeah. <laughs> i like that um so um when you when you're doing the, the sort of the equine facilitated uh therapy with people have you i mean you you probably have seen shifts in their circumstances in their feelings or in their mm -hmm. in their whole situation is there something that you know maybe you have like a, something that you want to share like a story or where you could see like a big shift in somebody um through the the working with horses 
Oh, Miriam, there are so many stories. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think in a, in a general way, um, I, I'll say this first and then there's a, there's a story that I do like to share um, from a while back. But in general, I, I believe that a big part of this is um, that you don't, you're not talking about something. So you're disengaging that logical mental right. aspect of yourself. And then in that um, partnership space, standing with a horse, there's something about that energy exchange, that um, connection between us that they just set everything right inside of us. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, and, and over time when people come, this is what I see that it, their entire being shifts mm -hmm. and they may not necessarily have words for it, but it happens more quickly than talking about something over and over, but just allowing that horse to partner with you and the energy and this in-between space gift that they're giving us um, is really powerful and profound. And again, I don't believe there are words to go with that, but to me, okay. that's yeah. what I see, especially with, um, I, I really love working with tweens and teens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, for them, the, the vocabulary and the words and, and the mental processing of that is just not where they are developmentally. And I absolutely respect that. And so being able to just be quiet and do something with a horse and then, you know, asking them, okay, you know, how do you feel? Where are you now? And they will always say, oh my God, I feel so much better. Mm. Okay. And that's it. That's all I want, right? To help take away whatever it is that's spinning around inside of them that they don't need. And these horses are reminding them, okay, here's, here is where you are and here's who you are. And I see that. Mm. And I want to help you bring that real true heart of who you are out into this world because it is so important. Um, I'm stuck with what story to share here. You know, the, each, each of the horses in this herd has their special gift of what they love to help people with and support them in and work with them on and bring to their attention. Um, <clears throat> okay. I'm going to go to an old story. Um, and this is a story I've shared in a couple of books that I've been privileged to be a part of. And it happened in a group, uh, a group for teenagers that I did with a very dear friend and colleague um, that I partner with a lot when we do groups with adults and kids. And her name is Vanessa Sanford. She also lives kind of in the general area. And um, one day, <laughs> we were, I think we we're in day two of a group with some teenagers and um, there were three teens in this group and each of them had chosen the horse that they wanted to partner with. And so we were teaching them to step more deeply um, into a somatic connection with themselves. And we were going to do that by brushing the horse of their choice. And so these three teens <clears throat> happened to choose three of the mares in my herd. Um, and two of them are no longer here physically with us, but, um, it's, this is a funny story. And this is a great example of how like everything around you and your surroundings partners in a healing moment. So um, the horses that they chose were Moonbeam, who was the mother in my herd, um, and Domino, who right now is the lead horse in our herd, and then Asante, 
um, and she was kind of the the best friend, auntie, um, helping people show up as who they are when life circumstances change. Um, so these routines were in this very deep, quiet, kind of meditative moment with each of their horses, and um, Vanessa. And we had we also had um, a volunteer that was holding one of the horses. So I was holding the lead rope with Moonbeam while the teenager was brushing Moonbeam. And then we had a volunteer who was holding the lead rope of Domino and that team was brushing Domino. And then Vanessa was holding the lead rope with Asante and that team was brushing Asante. But what ended up happening was that teen started crying because she, she had gotten into a very deep connection with Asante just about some physical things that were going on. And, and I, and I believe kind of grieving and letting go of that story um, and those limits just around some physical stuff that was going on and, and being able to look at, you know, who am I now mm-hmm. that I can't do those things that I used to do. And that that's exactly the message that Asante always worked with on herself too, because she had had some injuries that kept her from being a show horse. So Vanessa saw that the teenager was crying and um, she tried to, you know, step in there and comfort the teen. And Asante like put her head in between Vanessa and the teen and blocked her. And they did this several times, Mm -hmm. you know, and Vanessa, when she tells the story, she starts laughing because she's like, you know, I'm the therapist and I know better. And like that whole ego thing was coming up and she totally embraces that. It's funny. But Asante continued to just, no, I got this. I got this. I got this. And then all of a sudden, um, this huge gust of wind came in and Vanessa was wearing a big floppy hat. (laughs) (laughs) I know horse people are going to be laughing just hearing that. Um, So you can imagine the wind picked up this hat and immediately took it and it went flying, you know, right through the middle of our circle. And this action completely freaked out domino so she (laughs) pulled away from her handler and took off to the other side of the pasture and moonbeam stayed standing just stock still with the team she was working with so the volunteer who had been holding domino um went back over to domino across the pasture and domino let her take the lead rope and she was able to walk back over to our circle, which is profound because Domino is um, a very severe trauma survivor. And um, so to be able to come back to a space Mm -hmm. that just created trauma was a huge message. Um, And the most beautiful part about this was asking the teens what their experience was Mm -hmm. with that moment that both Vanessa and I were like, oh my God, our group is shot now. (laughs) (laughs) And each of them shared how powerful and meaningful that moment was. So the teen that was working with Asante was able to say, I needed to grieve. I needed to go mm-hmm. into the place. Asante held that space for me. And I felt very com- comforted mm. and seen by her. And that is exactly the message that that teen had been working on. Mm-hmm. And then the teen who was working with Domino, um, she was able to say, Domino showed me exactly what I've always done in life, that when things get too big or scary, mm-hmm. I take off and I have to get out of there. And that teen said, the powerful part for me was she came back mm-hmm. and she was able to come back and stand and be okay. And that teen said, that's what I needed 
to see in here today. Yes. And then the teen who was working with Moonbeam said, because what was beautiful was Moonbeam didn't move when any of that happened. She stayed right there with her teenager. And it was like they were in their own um, amazing, beautiful bubble during all that chaos. And that teen said, Moonbeam stayed right with me like mm -hmm. the mother I always needed to have. Mm -hmm. She didn't leave me. She didn't take off. She didn't get worried. She was a source of stability and comfort. And that team said, that's exactly what I needed. So to me, that, that is, is beautiful. <laughs> yes. It's sorry. It's kind of a long story, but um, you know, just the way that nature is absolutely yeah. a part of all of this and how each of these horses knows exactly what we need, exactly what we need. And what I find amazing is that, um, you know, the, the, the teens or, you know, humans working or being with, with horses, the, the knowing, the subconscious knowing what is going on and, mm -hmm. um, you know, like sort of picking up the message and interpreting the behavior or how the horse is in that situation. I think it's amazing that we do maybe sometimes we actually don't give ourselves enough credit because this is so clear how the, and it's amazing how these teens can interpret and reflect on that situation um, with the horse. And then mm -hmm. sometimes maybe in, in other situations at school or at home, they might not be that clear, but because mm -hmm. they have a horse there, it's, I think it's, it's, Yes. It's very, it's very interesting, and it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, that is that is beautiful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I know, and you've you've mentioned that you've written a book or several books. I know that you've written a book about the messages from from your horse. Mm -hmm. horses from your yeah. heart. <laughs> yes yes and uh, you know beyond my heart too so yes that was a book that I self-published in 2013 and it's called journey to the heart through the way of the horse so that's a collection of messages that I was guided to gather and write about and basically it's um, why horses are here and then I created uh wisdom inspired journal book that is just all my favorite pictures of my herd and some of their messages of wisdom and space to journal and reflect. Um, I made that a couple of years ago. And then I've also been privileged to be um, uh, that I got to write um, some book chapters and some different academic kind of psychologically based books over the past couple of years. So that's something I'm excited about too. Yeah, great. Um, and what you just said was why the horses are here. The <laughs> so why are the horses here? What what have you picked up, or what messages do you have around that? Why why are they with with us here? Oh, Miriam, there's so many. <laughs> do you want me to pull from this book, or what they yes. just said to me very short? shorthand wise today well i would love to hear a message from your book if okay. you have one there mm -hmm. mm. so i just kind of flipped open to see mm -hmm. what i'm supposed to read right because that's more fun to go yeah with that guidance um 
so this is a paragraph. So this is a message from my mare Moonbeam mm -hmm. that I was telling you about before. She's no longer here with us in body. She left um, a year ago in, in September. <sighs> okay, so the message that she had to say in this book was, I wish for all humans to see and acknowledge their own sacredness, their own beingness. You are all such, spe such special loving creatures. We are here to remind you of your special gifts, to remind you of your purpose, to support you in clearing out the old so that you may rise into the high state of being. This is a place of love, knowing, and pure soul connection. To remember the senses as gifts and guides on your path. We as beings love and treasure you as a group. It's why we came to be with you. Some of us show this to you as workers, some of us as partners with you. Make no mistake, we feel, see, and know all. We wish to remind you of these gifts in yourself, the gifts that are held within your heart that you may not always share with others, those special essences that create you as you. We wish to assist you in reconnecting with them. It is through this connection that you return to the state of being one with your soul, your spirit, and the spirit connection to all. Thank you for hearing this with your open hearts. Blessings on this journey to you. Thank you so much. That is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is lovely. Thank you, Moonbeam. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Moonbeam. Um, how, how do you pick up the messages? I mean, do you actually go and sit with the horses and sort of see if, if some one horse would like to share something or how do you do that? Uh, usually, um, I <laughs> usually now I, I kind of get a tap on my shoulder energetically okay. and, and it's okay. You need to come sit down because we have something to share. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes that way, sometimes it's just kind of this inner knowing of, oh, I need to go sit with them. There, there's something that's coming up and through. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it manifests in different ways. Sometimes it's easier to sit with a notebook and just, you know, kind of channel and write down mm -hmm. exactly what they're saying in the moment. Um, sometimes they want me to sit and just look um, just with my clairvoyant skills, look, look at the energy and, and what I'm seeing about what it is that they want to show me. Um, and so sometimes it's more of a visual that, that they mm -hmm. share that, that they want put out there and told to people. Um, and sometimes also it's just like a, a physical knowing of, mm -hmm. Oh, here's something we need to look at that. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you prepare yourself um, before the channeling or mm -hmm. is it just, okay. I do. I do. Um, I have a very specific practice mm -hmm. that I put, in place with myself. Um, and this comes from um, a teacher and mentor that I've worked with for over 10 years now. Her name is Christine Agro. So grateful for her. Mm -hmm. um, she really helped me develop my clairvoyant skills. Um, and so I cannot, I have so much gratitude for her and her continued support of me as a human being. <laughs> yes. So um, I have a grounding practice that I employ. Um, and I also have a practice of, um, that really sets my energetic space and helps me stay in my own space and, and be neutral to the mm -hmm. information that's coming through. 
-hmm. so that it's pure. Do you know, I mean, this is some, sometimes, you know, when people start with animal communication or channeling messages, you know, there's always a question about, is it mine or is it theirs? Mm -hmm. I mean, can you maybe share a little bit about, does it feel different or how do you kind of differentiate between your thoughts and then the sort of messages? Yeah. Um, and that's been a practice over time for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I will say going back to when I first stepped into this world of um, being and, and it started during my apprenticeship with Epona Quest in, early, in the early 2000s of you know, starting to experience energy work, to study it, to learn it, to practice it. Um, you know, a lot of the way it came through at that initial time was physically and, and, and as more of an empath, I guess, to put a label to that, right? Mm -hmm. That I was feeling everything. Um, and that was the way I was gaining information. And there were a couple of times in doing that, that, um, entities for lack of a better, right. Things were getting stuck to me that very clearly were not okay. mine. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, that, that was a really powerful reminder for me of, uh, I got to do this differently because mm -hmm. that's not good for my body. It's not good for my energetic space. Um, and so actually that's part of the teaching I've learned from Christine is how to instead hold my energetic space in a very clear way. Um, how do you step into neutrality with yourself so that you are seeing the information out in front of you? And so there's kind of this separation. Mm -hmm. So now I'm really, really clear what I'm seeing mm -hmm. is what I'm seeing. And I'm, I'm a neutral channel for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, what I do before I, I start sort of picking up the messages and, and doing the communication, it's actually, it's more the channeling. It's now I, I do more of the channeling than the communication. It's more about uh, what would you like to share? And mm -hmm. um, I have uh, a, a ritual as well or, you know, a starting point. I, uh, I do Reiki and mm -hmm. I just clear all my... Um, my chakras with the Reiki before I start. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is something that just sort of developed as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, I think it's interesting to just hear what other people do and how they do it. And yes. uh, because sometimes it can all sound a little bit um, mystical, you know, very sort of the secret um, <laughs> society. <laughs> You know, yes, handling, and uh, I think it's interesting to just hear how people do it because to me, it's also you can learn it, everybody can learn this. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely, and everybody can find out how to do it. It's, mm -hmm. it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a remembering how to do it. That's mm -hmm. how I felt when I, when I started. I agree with learning. that, I completely agree with that. So, it's, um, it's like a um and it's like a coming home again with yourself when you yeah. do remember yeah. that and reconnect with it that's true mm -hmm. so um maybe do you have a little animal wisdom story sort of where you picked up a message from one of your animals 
that sort of had an impact on you or that moved or shifted something in your in your life or maybe the bond to an animal i mean you shared a little bit about your your first horse already mm -hmm. so maybe i need a little help i think sparking a memory is there something, <laughs> is there something specific that's no kind of it, it's it's just like what i find is when i pick up messages sometimes um a message can can help me see things differently or um change my life i mean my horse has changed my life the the mm -hmm. horse that i i um golden arrow who's still with me and um and sort of yeah he changed my life and um hmm. by with the with the animal communication but also just being with me um mm -hmm. the unconditional love and the the um seeing me and sort of taking you know uh yes okay that helps me okay <laughs> I've got a good, yes, I, I have a good one. I think it's good. <laughs> so um, one of the horses in my herd is a Mustang. So in, in America, that's a wild feral horse. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, there are two Mustangs in my herd right now. But this particular Mustang, she, her name is Thera, T-H-E-R-A. And she's been uh, part of our herd for going on eight years now. Um, she lived wild and free for a sig significant part of her life. And when she was rounded up, um, it's my understanding, it, it was done at a time when um, it just it was very aggressive and violent. I'll just mm. leave it at that. Um, and she found her way to a horse rescue who saved her from being sent to slaughter. Um, and she made it pretty clear to them that she didn't want anything to do with humans. And, you know, I understand that, right? Because mm -hmm. she was horrifically rounded up. She was separated from her family and everything she knew, all her customs, her language, mm -hmm. um, everything, and sent away to a, a strange land um, without people who were interested in listening or respecting mm -hmm. her customs, right? And... Um, so this rescue, you know, really worked very hard, you know, just to support her at, well, at the same time, respecting that, you know, she didn't want to be touched. And, um, you know, I, it's kind of one of those little spirit guided things. I think all of a sudden I was like, I think it's time to add another horse to our herd. Mm -hmm. And I'm really interested in um, a dun colored horse because that's the color that Pooh was. And so I just started looking and I was like, what about Mustangs? I don't know anything about Mustangs. You know, this, this is what happens to me. You know, these things kind of fill my head and I get guided and I learned a long time ago just to be quiet and listen because mm -hmm. there was a reason for that guidance. And so um, online, I happened to come across this rescue where she was and I saw a picture of her. And I was like, oh my God, there's a dun colored Mustang. And I just was drawn to her. Um, and just in reaching out to the rescue, it took a couple of months um, because they needed to check me out, which I understand because a lot of people had wanted to adopt her and they were going to breed her because she is a very special, she comes from a very special Mustang herd um, mm. that have been found to be the genetic descendants of the Spanish conquistadors horses. So she's unique in that way. Mm. Um, and so they were saying no to a lot of people and eventually 
uh, we came to agreement and, and they believed that I would be a good fit for her. And when I got her home, um, and there, I mean, I, I need to write a book about her cause there's just so much magic and, and amazingness that she shares. But, um, I, I really had to make the decision to drop everything I learned about horses, how to work with them, um, how to handle them. And, and, and also just kind of a mindset about what the relationship needed to be because she was pretty clear on, I'm not doing any of that and I need you to respect my space. And so um, anyone I had spoken to before I brought her home that had worked with Mustangs, it always kind of started with, you have to, you've got to, she has to, you have to make her. Mm -hmm. And that did not feel right to me at all with this horse. Um, So when I got her home, I just let her know. I was like, okay, you're setting the timeline on how you want our relationship to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm taking this lead rip off you and we're just, you're in charge of the rules here. And I'm going to tell you every human being around me was like, you, what? <laughs> I cannot believe you did that. But I just, I knew inside that this was very important to do. And I had to respect who she was. And in the process, and it, um, you know, that first year she was with us, um, I mean, at least 10 feet of personal space there had to be. Now she understood, it was clear to me, she understood exactly, you know, what I was asking and she really liked working with people, but she had to have that bubble. And over time Mm -hmm. that space became less and less. Um, And it, it took her, um, it took her about six years to start reaching out and um, like checking me out. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was really profound to me. But what she taught me, I think the most was how to create relationship without having your hands all over each other mm-hmm. and truly respecting the energetic boundaries of another being. And because that to me is, is um, just an energetic core of, of our relationship space, not only with ourselves. But another, and so she is brilliant at working with couples who come to work with us. And she's the one that loves to partner with them because what she will do is she will, when you step into a space with her, she immediately shows you what she sees about how, what your expectations Mm -hmm. are when you show up in a relationship. And it it is powerful. And um, that you cannot be in a mental focus about it at all. If you step into that space with her, she will disengage and she will not even give you the time of day. But when we shift down into our heart space with her and reach out from that space, she will connect with you all day long. Mm -hmm. And I will say um, last year, she let me start touching her. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just was the most sacred gift and moment to me. Um, And just in knowing that you know, it's okay. And it takes the time it takes. And um, I just, I learned so much about myself and my beliefs and really seeing these sacred beings from a completely different perspective. Um, And, and how she knows how, so people may be wondering, well, you know, what if there's an emergency or um, what if she gets hurt or, you know, how do you take care of her and feed her? The beautiful thing is, you know, she, 
we we totally have a routine with a herd, right? I, mm -hmm. I bring my horses in at night. They each have a stall. She knows our routine. You know, she knows the deal. She just needs to have kind of that personal space around her. Mm -hmm. Respect it. It's fine. And there have been a couple of times when um, she had a tummy ache or that happened once and she cut her foot too. And what she needed was space to move around for the stomach ache. So I was able to do that with her and help her with that. You know, she, she is always open to taking medicine that's in her grain. You know, she's always followed through on that. You know, she has no problem with that. Um, and then when she got that cut, I try, I, I admit this, I tried to step into like a human way of dealing with it, of um, putting some kind of soapy uh, solution of water on it and I had to like put it in a little cup and I tried to like splash it on her leg and she like immediately flew across the pasture and looked at me like so offended like <gasps> I cannot believe you just did that you violated everything that we've created together I was like oh my god I'm sorry right so instead she reminded me you know energy work yeah. energy work is what I need because my way of life is based in the flow of nature mm -hmm. and that's what worked and we healed together we healed that cut in under a week mm -hmm. it was profound um, and and also you know that you know a farrier doesn't trim her hooves she knows how to take care of her hooves they oh, look wow. like they've been professionally manicured at all times honestly um, she knows how to keep her body in balance and it's just it is th there's so many layers of teaching that I have learned from her just about the sacredness of a horse and, and the, and the, the deep ancient wisdom that she as a, you know, one who's so attuned to the earth shares mm -hmm. with us. That is so beautiful. And I think it is also, um, it's, it's a nice point to stop at because it's like sort of, you know, the sacredness of the earth and the, and the horses and it's, Thank you so much for all your, your stories and your animal wisdom stories today. Mm. Um, it's been lovely talking to you and listening to your stories. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for Magno for coming on the show. <laughs> yes. Yes. And thank you, Miriam, so much. It's, it's an honor to be here. Um, and I so appreciate our new connection. I'm excited about it. Yes. That's, I feel the same. Um, mm. And also, we have a little bit more from you, a little guided meditation that you agreed to do. <laughs> so um, what we'll do is we'll sort of close down this, um, this part of the, the, uh, the radio show. So if, you, if anybody is driving right now, please turn off the uh, podcast um, and come back to this later and do the meditation when you're at home and in a safe um, environment where you can do the meditation. So um, I sort of give, you, give it back to you, Sarah, now to do a little guided meditation with us. It can be very short, just a small little <laughs> closing. <laughs> okay, I will try to do that. <laughs> That's hard. Um, and thank you for the opportunity. So I actually sat with um, my herd this morning and asked them, you know, was there kind of a practice that they wanted to share? And... They did. So I will invite you all to be seated, seated, <laughs> seated in a comfortable position with your feet flat on the floor and taking a really deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. 
and allowing the chair and the earth under you to hold you so you don't have to worry about that. And what they showed me today was the image of an evergreen tree. And so out in front of you, using your mind's eye, I want you to see that evergreen tree image, however it shows up for you. See the richness of the green, the contrast of the environment around that beautiful, majestic tree. And what that herd is inviting us to do is to travel down into the root system of this wonderful being of a tree. Maybe you just find yourself down in that beautiful, warm, earthy base. Maybe you see yourself traveling down the roots themselves. Just finding that deep space where the tree roots itself into the earth. And what the horses are reminding us is that we, we are like the roots of this evergreen. We have this base, this deep, deep connection in the earth. And so as you connect with this root system, that is you. They're inviting you to look at this core source of strength and stability with yourself. How does that feel in your body? Where does it show up? As you're in that wonderful, moist, earthy, space. What is the gift that you receive being in this deep connection with yourself? As it's this gift that the horses want to share with you. And once you receive this gift, maybe physical or just a knowing, or maybe you actually see it or sense it, the horses are asking that you embrace it in your heart because it is the heart of who you are. This is a core source of your support and your being. And their invitation is to connect with that at this time as you walk through the world. So I invite you to travel back up out of the earth to the place where you started. And as you take a deep breath, coming back into the present moment of where you are, that you feel the seat underneath you, the ground under your feet, knowing this beautiful gift that you are, 
Another deep breath and to gently open your eyes. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was lovely. Thank, Thank you. you, Miriam. So I hope, I wish everybody a wonderful day, afternoon, evening, or morning. And thank you very much to Sarah Willison for being the guest today and <laughs> uh, leading us into this lovely meditation. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Miriam. And thank you, everyone who joined us today. So grateful for everyone.